0: Good morning. We're at Yeah What She Said in Calgary, Alberta at CJSW 90.9. We are in January 2020. It's a new decade and we're doing new things and it's a new podcast. So I have been thinking about land acknowledgements because it's a new year, new decade. We want to do new things. So I wanted to bring in some people to discuss how they do land acknowledgements, what they think of land acknowledgements, and how land acknowledgements impact them. Uh, so my first guest today is Devyani Salzman. They are the Director of Public Programming at the Art Gallery of Ontario, and they are just here to speak as a cultural representative, someone who is working uh, with many different types of people and uh, many cultures of people, and this is something that they are exposed to on a regular basis. So thank you so much, Devyani.
1: Lovely, lovely to be here.
0: So I want to first ask you, uh, what is your relationship to land acknowledgements?
1: Um, it's an interesting question, and one I think about quite often. Um, it's something, obviously, that's implemented at the Gallery, and uh, before this I was at the Banff Centre, and uh, obviously we also acknowledge the territory we were working On and the people we were working with on a regular basis, my relationship is a little bit, um, I think, like many people, I feel complicated. I think it's something that's essential, but I also feel it can be something that can be delivered and expressed without authenticity. So um, I have a bit of a complicated relationship with the land acknowledgement.
0: So I thank you for that because I feel like for myself – uh, I am not indigenous, and I I kind of feel that way also. I feel like it is so important and impactful to me to con- for me to connect with the land uh, that I am living on. Uh, I have grown up on, but also to understand what that land means to the people who have been here from the beginning, who have had amazing experiences and horrific experiences so my next question to you is um what is the impact of your land acknowledgements maybe being corrected or uh feeling like something has been missed do you get a lot of
1: feedback for that it's interesting i mean i will also just um, position myself i'm of punjabi jewish descent um, and a settler on uh, territory of the Anishinaabe and the Mississauga Nation and the Haudenosaunee here in Ontario. Um, our land acknowledgement was actually created by Wanda Nanabush, who's the curator of an Indigenous art at the Art Gallery of Ontario and from the Beaujolais First Nation. So um, I very much trust Wanda in her crafting of the acknowledgement. But in our um, In our saying it in front of our public events, I also often add that it's really a very first and initial step towards the decolonization of cultural space. So I don't necessarily feel the land acknowledgement needs to be corrected. I just feel it needs to be given more context as opposed to saying, here we are, we've already arrived, and slamping it on the front. um, We do talk about this being a very initial step in terms of decolonization.
0: Wow. I... I, I'm in awe. I think that is so amazing uh, because not only is it bringing acknowledgement to these are the people who are here. This is what we're doing here. It also says, what connection are you going to have? What would you yes. like to do going forward? Um, so in that, it's it's fantastic that you have somebody who has crafted it and you feel um like it's meaning its intention from the beginning what if anything do you think we could do to maybe push this forward
1: uh you mean in in terms of in Canada as a whole and in within institutions as a whole i think people need to um understand it. I, I really think a lot of it depends on who is saying it, and I mean, this is a much bigger conversation. I think um, Rosanna Deerchild did a great episode on it for CBC. Um, Jesse Wente talks about it. I think um, it's really in the hands of those who are who are reciting the land acknowledgement, um, not saying it just as words and maybe thinking about it critically in terms of future forward work or doing their own own connecting to to the land and communities they are working on. So I don't know if there's a blanket answer for the country we now call Canada. I just think it's important that it's not a superficial recitation. Um, and yet I think it's important to acknowledge where you are. So there is an argument that they should be taken out altogether. I, I don't agree with that, but I think they should be contextualized. I hope I'm answering your question. You are... Perspective... <laughs>
0: It is right on on point. And thank you for being so open and articulate. Um, You are are giving me a plethora of feedback that I think is really important for people to hear. Um, My last question is, what questions do you receive? What kind of conversations have you found yourself in with members of the public in Toronto after um, experiencing the... AGO land acknowledgement?
1: It's interesting. I mean, we are doing a huge amount of events in this space, um, often hundreds with large amounts of public from, you know, 50 to 500 people. And actually, we haven't been approached. Um, I haven't personally been approached after events around the land acknowledgement Um I think I see in, in, you know, I I don't want to project on audiences. I think I see on on faces, we have a very mixed audience, uh, a variety of reactions. But again, I think it's adding the personal words about my own relationship to the acknowledgement every time I recite it that maybe make people feel like uh, there's more authenticity there. So I've never been approached afterwards and asked, did you, you know, this felt questionable to me or this felt problematic. Um, But if I did, I would tell them exactly what I've just told you, which is I'm also navigating that relationship myself.
0: Devyani, I am so inspired by your dedication to your work and creating um, this dialogue and ensuring that um, you take time and care with the land acknowledgments. Um, I think that it's amazing that to me it sounds like you are in this conversation with humility and open to learning and growing as It evolves, whichever way it may. Uh, And I really want to thank you for your time. Is there anything else that you'd like to add?
1: No, I just I appreciate the invitation to discuss it. And uh, yes, I hope I approach uh, all my work with a a level of of learning and humility. And uh, thank you for inviting me to talk about it.
0: My pleasure is all mine. I hope that we get to chat again. Take care. It's freezing over here. I hope you are not freezing (laughs) over there.
1: No is hitting Toronto tomorrow, but uh, hello to everyone in Calgary. Thank you so much. Take care.
2: Bye.
0: Welcome back to Ya yeah, What She Said. It's January and it's chilly outside. We're doing new things and we have another amazing guest on our show so please, everybody listen. Riel is gonna speak and introduce themselves.
3: Dada Real Atta. Um, hello everybody. My name is Riel Menuons. I'm from Sutina Nation, which is located in Treaty Seven. My dad's also from Nakazli, Daketh. Um, I grew up in both nations. Um my mom's mom was from Sixaga, so there's a bit of blackfoot in me, but I'm mostly Dene. Um yeah I'm here. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you for that amazing introduction You're and welcome. using your language. It's something that i I feel like I'm missing in my life because I only speak English.
3: but I think that's the case for most folks. I think um even in Sutina where slowly the younger generations are. Realizing that only a few of our elders are keeping full, like full fluent speakers. And there's a definite need to retain that knowledge and keep it going. But it's a struggle for everybody. Sure for sure colonization
0: colonization look at that fantastic segue <laughs> we're going to talk about land acknowledgments mm-hmm. and your relationship to land acknowledgments how they impact you how they impact you in your work or your daily life let's let's start with that cuz i feel like okay. that's a little bit long for a question
3: okay um yeah i guess my history with land acknowledgments and sort of decolonization as a process started in Vancouver. I lived in Vancouver for like eight years and um, I worked for a society, like a compassion club consensus run society where we distributed medicinal cannabis and um, had a wellness center, but it was my job to decolonize the workplace and it was intense. Um, Um, Heavy lifting. Yeah. Like I, I remember like one of the first tasks I did was like, photocopied a map of BC that shows all the traditional territories and I put it like I taped it up on the wall and was just like you know this is like a good way to learn and then ask people to sort of um start acknowledging like the land of like the Vancouver area and stuff and um yeah and then it was a lot of like white privilege came to the surface and it was intense like it was really way more stressful than I thought it would be Mm -hmm. um But currently, like, I work and live close by Sutina Nation. I don't actually live on the reserve. I don't have a house yet. Um, But I live close by. It takes me, like, seven minutes to get to work. Um, And I currently coordinate the youth program on Sutina Nation. So I, through there, we don't actually ever talk about Latin acknowledgements. I think, like, when we take the youth to somewhere in the city, we feel blessed if we do hear one. But um, yeah, we know we're on Sutina. Um, we mostly, like with our programming, we have an elder come and talk about values and um, we learn prayer, we learn smudge, we learn how to be like grateful for the food. Um, and I think that has, that's like the next step to a Latin acknowledgement, right? Like I think when I hear like the pre-recorded Latin acknowledgement on CGSW and stuff, it's, it just seems like people are checking that box and they're just, okay, we're good. We did that. But, and then they go into content where they'll have like people on air and there's no, not one mention of any First Nations and any of the discussions. I mean, you know, there's, they talk about music, but yeah, I just, it and that's kind of boils my ache. I'm just like, hey, like, you know, it's, so sometimes I just tune out and I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, like there's more, so people will talk about being in Calgary. People talk about being here, but they actually don't talk about Sutina or Sixaga or any surrounding nations. And so, and one thing I always hear is like people assume Sutina people are Blackfoot. Mm-hmm. Like through the years, there's been a lot of mixing. Like there's right. a lot of people who are related to people in Morley. There's people related to people in Sixaga. Like my grandma's Blackfoot. So there's been a lot of mixing through the nations, but um, Sutina. We're part of the great Dené Nation. And we settled here in Blackfoot Territory. So all of our teachings, like it's been a lot of influence from like people from the South coming and showing us their like sweat, their sweats, um, their uh, sun dances and powwow and all that comes from the South. But like, so we're kind of like adapted and learned to different, different things. Um, But yeah, we're Dené people. We've migrated, you know, and we have relatives all the way down South to the border of Guatemala.
0: That's so beautiful. So beautiful to to know that you've interlocked and created these chains that, and when I say chains, I just mean groups of people Mm -hmm. that have such a a beautiful history. Mm -hmm. And to hear you and to see you discuss this, it's it's really so beautiful to me. Um, When you were talking about being grateful about the land and the food i feel like sometimes let me take that back i feel like everyone would benefit from that um i also think that it's interesting that you talked about bc because i experienced land acknowledgments differently when i go to bc mm-hmm. um and i you know no judgment on that but i i have been i have experienced them Talking about what they know and what they've seen and what they've felt, and sometimes a nation gets uh, missed. Sometimes uh, uh, I truly don't even know what they they are called. Um,
3: well, BC, so they have um, there's a lot of crown land, so there hasn't been treaties signed in most of it. It's all you know unsettled in a way. I mean, it's all a lot of natives have traditional territories and they have trap lines and they have. But it's not honored, especially when it, you know, comes to oil and gas or it comes to development or industry. Um, Native people are actually forcibly removed off their homelands. Yes. And that's genocide. That is. Yep. And I always say that and I always send my support. You know, I'm not on the front lines defending the land, but I promote and I donate and I support those land defenders, you know, because they're protecting the water. They're out there putting their freedoms at risk to prove a point, especially in BC, with unceded territory, as opposed to here in Alberta, where treaties have been signed for over hundreds of years, we're treaty number seven. Um, so it goes like, you know, east to west, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. In BC, I know there was a few treaties signed, but um, from what I know is that because of tax and money, it didn't actually end up well for the First Nations who signed those treaties.
0: Thank you for giving us some of that background, Mm -hmm. because I feel like because there are different experiences, because um, some places have treaties that are going to say different things, because there's different lands, there's different needs, um, that sometimes having that maybe personalized uh, land acknowledgement gives a different impact. For instance, in Alberta, we don't really need to talk about water a lot. Mm-hmm. right yeah. so i I think that um having that background information, which I think can come through a land acknowledgement, is so beautiful. um I also want to ask you, um how are young people impacted by this so uh you were talking about young people having access to their language and uh, how that's evolving now, so how how is it evolving with a land acknowledgment because in my experience i did not grow up with a land acknowledgment being the norm so there's going to be a generation of children who have that experience
3: yeah i think i think it i think it, the fact that it's become a normalized for a younger generation is a good thing um, i think that sutina are always the people at events. And then we're like, actually, Sutin is Diné, right? Like we're not all Blackfoot. That's always what we're saying. Um, So we're kind of here to like correct people and teach people our history. Um, For youth, I think that, you know, being represented when they go to like a university or if they go to a huge event, I think that's always good. But my thing is what I try to teach a youth is, you know, we're, we're more concerned about us reconnecting with our culture as opposed to, you know, non-Native people getting it right. Um, like we're just more like that's, and that's where I'm trying to keep that focus with our youth is just like, no, no, we, we don't need that, you know, that garbage in our head. We just need to focus and reconnect to our territory and our cultures in our land and learn that. And that's going to take years, you know, right. to relearn it and just be proud. Um, but one thing we do with our youth is, teach them how to express themselves through art and that's one thing our program is very like we focus a lot on art programs to sort of bring that bring back that balance for our youth in regards to just finding their voice and being strong and proud and providing them the platforms because even with the art world I find there's there's a lot of people who are taking up our space on those platforms who actually aren't. Growing up on a reserve, are right. they actually haven't maybe struggled, and they actually haven't acknowledged their own privileges right. in regards to growing up either lighter skinned or Métis, or do you know what I mean? So I think, like I'm trying to teach our kids to be fierce about taking those platforms over.
0: I do, know and being proud
3: about their struggles on reserve. Yeah, being proud about you know what they're currently going through and turning it into revenue, turn it into you know spotlight. For our I people. think that
0: is so amazing. Yeah. Uh I I have an idea. Um I'm I'm born in Calgary. I am Nigerian and Jamaican. So the African, Caribbean I mean, they get along because <laughs> I'm here, but it's not really the greatest relationship. So black people are not a monolith. There's many different religions, languages, cultures, uh life ways. And so I definitely hear you when you say that, hey, speak up for yourself. Hey, make yourself known. Take up your space. Um, There's a song and there's a line in it that says your smile is different when you believe in your future. And I feel like that is what you are giving so many people. And thank you for coming here to discuss this because, like, you're changing people's smiles. You're changing people's
3: future. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think, like, with like if I want to go back to the land acknowledgement, I want to challenge people. Like, Treaty 7 is a big area, and there's a lot of different people in Treaty 7 who speak different languages, have different ways of life. Um, You know, we're kind of, um, our elders say we're all related, but figure out how we are. And that's, like, my challenge to people in the city of Calgary. Like, maybe don't go one day without discussing First Nations and what they're going through or land defenders, or you know people who are dealing with addictions or dealing with poverty like so it just starts changing our whole mentality and like one thing I think our allies need to do every day is shut those racism discussions down fix those stereotypes um you know tell people who are taking up space in a unsafe way to go away like do you know what I mean? Like, I think, like, that's the job of allies.
1: Because
3: uh, First Nations, like I said, we need to start healing. We're we're connecting back with our culture. We're keeping our traditions alive. So don't expect us to do that work. <laughs> like, to do that work of shedding the racism down. Right, right. Because, you know, and especially, in, like, I always say this, like, men need to heal men. And that's a big problem. Like, I think I see, like, through all my experiences in my life, I find that there's always issues with men in power and um, there's a lot of healing they need to do. And so like inclusion, diversity, that all comes like the reason why it's so stale, I think in some par- areas is because the men in power are letting it be stale. Oh. Right. So I think that like as women, as young people, as gay people, trans people, um, we need to just like not be afraid to use our voice and set things right.
0: Right. That that is so important i have this conversation often because i do a lot of anti racism work myself in anti blackness and um very often people will be like well it's we've done diversity and i'm like no 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 calgary is diverse i'm born here we've done inclusion yes you brought one black person one asian yes you checked off all the, the boxes but Did you include them in a way that they feel safe enough to really participate? Um, And then lastly, did you accept it? So that is our next step because it's diverse already. Yes, you came here. Did you hear us and apply the things that we said? Because that makes all the difference. We're dealing with climate change stuff right now. Mm -hmm. If we listen to Indigenous people, everything would be different. Mm -hmm. So... Thank you for being here today. We are listening to you. Uh, Your voice is strong and proud and as you should be. And uh, Social programs, art, culture does not get enough love and attention. And I hope that uh, you get more love and attention that you can continue to share.
3: Well, it's, you know, it's our struggles that make us stronger. And I find, like, my strength comes from my struggles. My past as an Indigenous child, woman, you know, I've been through the system, Child and Family Services. My mom passed away at an early age. Like, I've always been dealing with addictions at an early age. So, like, rather than carrying that shame, you know, or being upset, I've, like, turned it into being a good mom I want to teach my son I want to decolonize I want to break those abuse cycles I want to just and I, that's my goal is like sharing my stories with the youth will empower them to not be ashamed and to just flip it right and right. turn it into strength
0: we have all made a misstep we have all that's where you that's where you grow mm-hmm. so thank you for growing and thank you for coming here yeah what she said we will be in contact again yes, guys. talking land acknowledgements and I have an amazing articulate person who is going to tell us about themselves and uh, give us some insight into the land acknowledgement conversation. Lorna.
2: Hi um, I'm Lorna Kroshu. I am a member of the Begunny Nation from Blackfoot Confederacy. And I um, enjoy having these conversations because I think these conversations are educational in many ways. And I think it's because we are practicing a very ancient, um, an ancient, uh, I guess, welcoming practice. So it's an ancient protocol.
0: I want to ask, what do you think that populations can do to move forward in this conversation and how um, we are experiencing land acknowledgements specifically? And, you know, if you would like to add something else to that.
2: Well, first of all, I want to say um, thank you for inviting me to to speak. Um, I want to say that um, truth and reconciliation um, and, and all of the... Uh, excellent work of the Commission. Um, It it, it allows us to start speaking the truth because we are, as as First Nations people, many times we are denied that truth. So it opens up the door for First Nations to be speaking the truth. And I think um, in speaking the truth, the the recipient has to understand that truth as well because sometimes the recipient is in denial so i, I think um that's a challenge that's a, that's always a challenge um to be uh to be denied the truth and um you know people want to uh shape uh history the way they they feel they feel comfortable with but there are realities out there that we need to understand um indigenous people are are seeking out the 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 realities of the truth and um uh non-indigenous people sometimes they don't think that we have our um, our work cut out for us because we have our indigenous monuments across the landscape that we still go to, to go to honor as um uh, our memorials and so, so sometimes um we have to think we have to we have to shift the way we think um and understand that uh, we are we have we have so much learning to do and so much commitment to that learning that it's also if we continue down this path we can build better relations. So I think there's a huge effort around that, and I'm sorry. Let's go back to the question you asked before I go Lorna
1: on
0: Lorna English Spiel. You you answered. My question, like what we can do to move forward, I, I, I got chills because okay. you said, you know, speak to the truth. Yes, speak.
2: absolutely. Yeah, that's all we're seeking, right? And that's that's all we want is the truth.
0: Right? Yeah, and there's yeah. so much healing in that, and Ab- and absolutely not just for indigenous people for, but for non-indigenous people and people who continue being colonized and using colonization. There's so much healing there. Um, if you come with humility and you are willing to face the truth and you can be brave in that, the face of, let's call it the misstep. Let's let's say it like that today. Um, but the healing of our world so we can all have our whole full lives is so Absolutely. important. Um, yeah. And thank you for speaking to that so eloquently. Um, I have been blessed uh, to be able to do this whole podcast today, but also um, to be able to hear you talk about some things that I did not think about at all um, and will have to be thinking about going forward in my life. Um, Lorna, yeah, you're a blessing. Thank
2: you, thank you for the opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wish I, I had More time so we could have more conversation, but maybe we will connect again in the future. And um, it's been an honor.
2: Yes, likewise. Thank you. Thank you and have a good day.
0: All right. Take care. Bye. Okay. Take care. Bye bye.